love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Thanks for tuning in. Over the summer months, the Canadian Love Map team is hard at work finding new stories for our upcoming seventh season. In the meantime, we're dipping into the vault to share some of our favorite episodes of all time. Enjoy this Love Map Gold. We'll be back with Season 7 in September. This is a true Canadian love story. We were meant to be together. I can't imagine my life without you. Honestly, he's a light of my life. It's nice to be in that tractor beam of love. I'm her biggest fan. I I think I knew I'd lost my heart again. I knew I wanted a marriage like that. Difficult roads can lead to very beautiful destinations. Well, love is the most important thing. At the end of every show, I always tell them that they matter to me. And I tell them that I love them and that I want them to love one another. And that really resonated with many, many people. And they say, we wait for that message every week. Hi, I'm Nancy Regan. Today's love story belongs to Mary Janet McDonald of Port Hood, Nova Scotia. This loving mother and grandmother broadcasts to a legion of fans across the country and around the world every Sunday on Facebook. Her medium is food, but her message is love, and it is baked into every visit in her Cape Breton kitchen. This is the Canadian Love Map. Mary Janet, I'm so delighted to have you on the show today. And I have a a strange first question. I keep wondering if anyone has ever misspelled your name. And I have to explain because it seems like a very straightforward name to spell, but it seems like it would be a natural to call you Mary Janet, as in Merry Christmas, Ah. because of your amazing disposition. (laughs) Thank you very much. But no, I've not had much uh, misspelling of my name. If anything, people (laughs) shorten it to Mary Jane a lot of the time. Surely everyone knows your name by now. (laughs) You are approaching global domination. (laughs) (laughs) And I would love to go back and talk about how this path to fame happened for you. Honestly, it it was just, uh, it was so accidental. I was um, on the phone with uh, our daughter, Margie, who was out in Alberta. She's a high school math teacher out in Alberta. And uh, we had just begun the lockdown here in Nova Scotia. And she uh, is always one of coming up with great ideas and what to do in your spare time and all of that. And so we were on the phone and uh, she said, mom, you know, everybody loves your cinnamon rolls. Why don't you just go live from Facebook and make your cinnamon rolls and just show everybody how to make them thinking that it would just be reaching family and friends. And, um, and I'm always game for anything. You know, I, I don't I don't hold back. If somebody suggests 
let's go for a drive. I'm right there with them. But uh, I, of course, I said, I don't know how to do a Facebook Live, but sure, I'll do that. And that seriously was the start of it all. I think part of the reason you resonated so much with people is that just what you describe, your game for anything. You come across on camera like you're totally comfortable in your own skin and you are just full of love. And to me, that's uh, that's unusual in a way. Most people are kind of shy as soon as you put them on camera and they they change you know, their, their delivery a little bit because they're conscious of being watched. I don't get that sense with you. What's your secret? I don't know. I think I've always been that way. I'm, I really am a people person. I love spending time with people, especially new people. I really have this desire to make people really welcome and uh, just come on in and come on in and have a cup of tea and let's have a visit. And it doesn't matter even if I'm in a store or somebody or, or, you know, locally here, we're in a very rural area. And uh, if I see somebody who's, who is uh, obviously not from here, I will make a point of going to talk to them. I actually did that last week and they were from the Czech Republic. And I don't know, I just, I love making people happy to, uh, to be where they're at, wherever that may be and that somebody will make them feel welcome. Well, that really comes across, and it does feel like a visit in a Cape Breton kitchen. You feel like you're there. That's that's great. I, I love that. And I, I we have just accumulated so many wonderful people uh, who are the followers, and um, they all feel like they're having a visit. And I'm just, I just love that. And I just can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back, though, and talk about that reaction at first in March of 2020 when you started with your cinnamon buns. Tell me how, how it unfolded, the response to your little show. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what happened. Um, so I, I'm terrible at technology, but managed to to set it up, press the right buttons on that first Sunday and uh, set up my phone, obviously the wrong way around. It was up and down instead of landscape and uh, found, found all those little glitches. And so once I did that and my, my son was really worried that there's going to be some, some time there when cinnamon rolls are baking you're going to have to find something to talk about, Mom. And I said, well, there's never going to be a problem with that. And uh, it'll be fine. I'll find something to talk about. <laughs> and so uh, then uh, I didn't even look at how many people were watching or anything like that. And it was all over. And the kids were calling and said, Mom, you did a good job and all of that. And then I absolutely got inundated with friend requests and comments. And I just, uh, well, mom, you're going to have to do this again next Sunday because people are really enjoying this. And it just kind of flooded in like that. The media got a hold of it and 
They did an article in the Cape Breton Post and then in the Chronicle Herald and then with CTV Atlantic and then with CTV National. And then there was some CBC uh, calls and it just blew up. And the children said, okay, mom, you can't have that on your personal Facebook page. Brennan's daughter said, Grandma, you need to call this Tunes and Wooden Spoons because she was making it with me on that first show. So that's how that happened. The name happened all within a week and a website was developed. We had a YouTube channel. We had a new Facebook page and the numbers kept coming. (laughs) So it was really a family endeavor, wasn't it? 100 uh, percent. We're we're a pretty close knit family. And, the, you know, the children are, you know, there are some who are out west and some in um, in Halifax and one in Antigonish. There's seven in all. And everybody had a little role to play uh, to help to help mom do this. And how many grandchildren do you have, Mary Janet? I have 12 grandchildren. Uh, the oldest is 22 and the youngest is two. <laughs> so they're wonderful. Oh, my goodness. And what do they think about your fame? You know what? They are so supportive and they're so excited to share this with anybody who asks. And like in some of their schools, they've even uh, taken my recipe for cinnamon rolls and uh actually made them in the food class. So one granddaughter was very excited because her teacher said, we're going to make your grandma's cinnamon rolls. And uh, so they, they did that one day, not too long ago. So she was really proud of that. And uh, I've had some wonderful experiences. Uh, you know, just I, I, um, the uh, special needs class, like in a local school, uh, during lockdown, I was on the uh, on Zoom, I guess it is, and uh, we made uh, cinnamon rolls together. And uh, a, di- a few different classrooms have done that in the province, so that was really wonderful. And I, I just, it, it's amazing uh, the little difference that just a small little town not even a town, uh, even not even a village we have here that this could mean reach so many wonderful people and uh, we're having fun yes I love the fact that you were you know I, I think of it as food being your medium but your message is love and when we were locked down in 2020 it was such there was so much fear around the world. And I remember having a a really strong feeling that we were all being called to service somehow, like we could all be of help to others in in small ways or big ways. And you thought you were doing something in a small way. And of course, it turned out to be enormous because you got messages from all over the world. Tell me about some of your favorite. Oh, my gosh. So many messages like I I was, you know, from Scotland, Ireland, South Africa, New Zealand and Australia, just to name a few. And even um, the Netherlands, there's a regular followers there. And um, but here at home uh, and, and across Canada and into the U.S., I would 
get messages from all of these people. Some of them were formerly from here, some seniors alone in their homes. Uh, some There was a couple where the, the gentleman had uh, cancer and uh, was having a hard time. And his wife would just crawl into bed with him and they'd put on a, a, an episode of Toons and Wooden Spoons and they would watch that and it helped take an hour away from thinking about what he was dealing with. Um, just, I can't even think of how many messages I've received um, because in, in that time, so many of these people were were not with their or couldn't be with their own families, and this uh, some parents and grandparents would um, you know they would go on Facebook and they would bake together long distance uh, that and they'd be on the phone with one another while they were watching the show and they would be baking together. Uh, so lots of wonderful messages where they where it really meant a lot to them to do something together, even though they couldn't be together physically, they could be together virtually. This podcast is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers, Canada's largest family-owned jewelry store. They are proud to be putting love on the map. And the staff at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story too. So visit charmdiamondcenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. So I'm guessing it probably didn't take too long before you realized you were doing much more than just a cooking show. Yes, it, it's, it's something I, I never meant that it would ever go on like till now. I was my intention at the beginning was, oh, well, I'll just do this for a little bit of time. Uh, but these messages that came through, it was more than the baking. It was uh, spending time with these people where they really felt that they could be with me and uh, pass the time and uh, really enjoy company, even though they couldn't have somebody there. Um, and I couldn't stop doing that. I really couldn't stop doing that. I just said, well, if it's making a difference in their lives, I'm going to keep on going. And at the end of every show, I always... Uh, tell them that they matter to me and I tell them that I love them and that I want them to love one another and that really resonated with many many people and they say we wait for that message every week that you're going to end your show saying that and it really is important to them. Wow, it's such a testament to how we can make a difference in the world. You know, sometimes when people hear, oh, go out and change the world, they think that's ridiculous. What can I do to change the world? But we can all do it in some way. And and you really have done it in spades, so to speak. I love the fact that in a time of such disconnection, you have provided a source of uh, connection for so many people who have tuned in to your show. And I'd love to know, Mary Janet, what your introduction to cooking, like what was the beginning of your relationship with, with cooking and baking in particular? My mother uh, passed away when she was 37 and I was three. And uh, so 
my father was able to take care of the three oldest children and myself and my younger brother, who was two, we still lived in the same community as our father, but we went with two grand aunts. And at that time in, in Cape Breton, um, in the 50s, you know, everything was homemade, uh, you know, and you had your basic ingredients, you know, molasses and sugar and raisins and and bread making. Everything was made uh, from scratch at home. And you just learned, I guess, by osmosis, because I just I was raised by my grand aunt, who, whom I called mama, and uh, she was always baking bread or she was making homemade cheese or she was making biscuits, pies, um, you you name it, the, the molasses cookies, the standard Cape Breton tea diet. <laughs> and um, you just couldn't help but but learn that, you know, just by by watching them. And of course, um, we we came from a time where there was a lot of visiting by from neighbors and friends and you always had to have the pantry with something for tea and tea wasn't just a cup of tea and one thing there had to be a roll or a biscuit or a piece of pie or a square and some cookies and all of that was on a big plate with a cup of tea and so naturally, you're always baking at home. I think uh, when I entered junior high, there was the home economics program that was at school. And I, uh, I really took to that. And I loved my teachers. And, uh, you know, and I just just went from there because it was a passion of mine. I really loved doing that. And then, of course... When I got married, my husband and I are married now for 50 years back last year. And we with seven children and, you know, you're you're trying to make ends meet and all of that. And uh, so I continued the the ritual of baking. I'd get up in the morning. I would bake stuff for the children's lunches. Little did I know that they were going off to school and trading the home baking <laughs> things that I made <laughs> with store-bought cookies no. and things because they, they never got that very much. <laughs> That's right up there with the stories I've heard from people who grew up in northern New Brunswick who traded their lobster sandwiches for peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Unheard of. <laughs> Unheard of. Oh, my goodness. So was your grand aunt who you talk about being raised by, did she have the same kind of uh, easygoing spirit that you have? And, you know, that sort of zest for life where you just say yes? You know what? So many people tell me, Mary Janet, you have to learn how to say no, but I can't. And she was the same way. She was always, uh, she was very, very uh, compassionate and she was always helping somebody who um, was just just needed a hand. You know, she, she took in some people who didn't have family and she always had that spare bedroom and 
she would take people in for a few months until they needed, uh, till they could get on their feet or whatever. She was just a very kind and generous person. And um, you just were raised to, you know, look after your neighbor and be good to one another. And I, that was just instilled in you. And, and I think that's probably really impacted my life and uh, just respect Respect for, for other people that were having a harder time, I guess, uh, was really something that stayed with me. And uh, I, love, I love being kind to uh, others. And um, I, I think it's a good thing to have as long as you have the time mm -hmm. and you can have the ability to do it. I think we all are called to, to love one another and, and, and be good people. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, the first time I heard your voice on your show, not only did I recognize the voice, but I recognized that open spirit because I know your niece, Natalie McMaster. And Natalie, of course, is a, a world famous fiddler who was on the Canadian love map last year with her husband, Danelle. And Natalie has that very similar, just open heart. You know, you you know it as soon as you meet her, and that's a big part of why uh, audiences have just fallen so madly in love with her over the years. So I think that runs in the family. Oh, I hope so. I do believe it does. She's just a natural, and she she is so humble, and she's just a sweetheart. And we just we're so proud of her. Well, no wonder she is. You're right. She's she's Canada's sweetheart in in so many ways. And I remember the old days when I was in work when I was working in television, and she was Nova Scotia's sweetheart. She went from being Cape Breton's sweetheart to Nova Scotia's to Canada's, and now I'm sure the world claims her. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me what your latest project is and what your plans are for the future because it looks like there's no end in sight. <laughs> I I have been just um I've been thinking about this, you know, am I going to keep on doing this every Sunday? Like should I or whatever? Am I going to run out of recipes and all of that? But last year I came out with a cookbook and it was very successful. And so uh, with the publishers, we decided to do uh, another one. <clears throat> and this one, the first one was called Tunes and Wooden Spoons, Recipes from a Cape Breton Kitchen. So this one uh, is going to be called Tunes and Wooden Spoons, Love Without Measure. Um, because uh, I, put, I, I played, uh, paid tribute to the three mothers in my life in the first cookbook, my, my own mother who passed away so young, and Mama, my grand-aunt who, who raised me, and to my mother-in-law, whom I dearly loved. And so in this cookbook, I wanted to focus on um, ladies in their... 80s and 90s, and even one is a, is going to be 106 this summer uh, that I know from Mabu and uh, still able to oh carry on a conversation. I wanted to play tribute, pay tribute to these wonderful souls who who um, 
they were the backbone of their family and their day and the hard work that they did and the love that they gave. And so, and so often in that generation, the recipes and the food that they prepared, they prepared it with love. And, but most of the time they didn't measure either. And so that's why it was so hard to get these recipes of some of these people who just put a a dollop of this and a handful of that and uh, <laughs> butter the size of an egg and all of those things. So I just thought, you know, uh, with with my daughter who was co-authoring it with me, my daughter Margie, she's the photographer. Uh, anyway, I just thought and she thought this is a really good, it captures what we, what we want to uh, have in this book, you know, we certainly want love and we want love without measure, but it also applies to recipes. So we are hoping to have this second cookbook out uh, in the fall and um, been working with um, McIntyre Purcell, you know, publishers down in uh, Lunenburg. So uh, we're working hard towards that. And I hope it will you know, people are really enjoying the first one, and I hope that they will truly enjoy the second as well. Well, I think you're really keeping legacies alive with this next one. I'm so excited about it. And I'd like you to describe, I know you're in the throes of it right now, I'd like you to, to, to describe for the listeners what your house looks like at the moment. Oh, my Lord. Well, if you came <laughs> into my kitchen... You would look on the counter and there is a meat pie from an Acadian lady in Shetty Camp who is 95. And there is a chicken pot pie. There is a, a pot with homemade mincemeat in it. There are two jars of pickles that I made. And we're taking pictures of that. On the stove, you'll find a pot of a hamburger stew. You'll have, find a pot of ham bone soup. Uh, on the table, you will find a lunar cake. You'll find a lemon pudding. You will find a ginger cake with sauce. You will find, um, I'm trying to go back over what was on there. Oh my gosh. It's just, the table is absolutely full. And in the living room, you will find my daughter, just in front of the window on it with a table and taking photos and and we even we, we one of the recipes has rhubarb in it so i went out to the rhubarb patch got a couple of big stalks off the rhubarb and that's going to be with the lunar rhubarb cake that that's being pictured and um well we're just having great fun and sometimes we're even taking the giggles because there's such a mess, but it's all in creating the perfect picture. And every recipe in this next book should have a picture with it so that people can see what is the end product going to look like. That's important to her and it's important to me. <laughs> well, I think of the picture you've just described and I feel like if I were to walk into your house right now, I'd be convinced that I had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> I, I perhaps you would <laughs> truly. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're busy and you've got to get this cookbook done, but it's just a treat to talk to you. And I just admire so much the way you've followed the path that opened up for you in this and just kept saying yes. And you've brought so much joy to so many people. Well, thank you for having me, Nancy. And it just goes to show you that I just turned 70 and you're never too old to start something new. So everybody should just get out and follow their passion. Thank you again. That's wonderful. I, now, I want to, I guess the one other thing I should ask is how do I audition to get on your show? Because <laughs> I have a recipe I'm thinking of, but I'm not sure if it's up to your standards. <laughs> Nancy, I am a simple baker and I have fallen into this role. And I, anybody who can bake or cook is more than welcome to come and let's have a visit. You're coming to me. We're going to have a little visit and we're going to have a window there where people are watching us. And that's okay. We'll talk to them, but we'll carry on a conversation and we'll make something delicious so you can come anytime at all. Have you done a show with Fudge? I haven't done a show with Fudge. You do that? Well, I do a love fudge. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> it's like, it's I, I literally like to stir the love into it. And it's very much about, about nurturing, you know, offering a loving gift. It's, it, it's, um, it's my way of nurturing, but it's also for me, it's also become a way of my, my new book is about very much about accepting ourselves completely and, and treating ourselves with the same kind of loving kindness and compassion, compassion that we treat other people with. And there's some of that mixed into my fudge as well. Oh my gosh, what a so. lovely concept. That's amazing. We've got to do this, Nancy. Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. If you love us, please subscribe and share. And if you want to help us spread the love even more, rate and review our podcast. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. This has been a Podstarter production. production.